Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This week in Underdogs, we've got NBA teams that can rebound from tough starts to make noise in the second half. And MLB teams that'll start strong and stay strong. The cry goes up both far and near for underdog, underdog. Countdown going on right now. Morrow up to Schultz. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! Hey, George, the dream is alive. Underdog. And I guess there's only one thing left to do. Win the whole fucking thing. It's the underdogs back with you. Happy Late February, I'm your co-host, Jordan Brenner, joined, as always, by the man, the myth, the legend, Peter Keating. Hello, Peter. Jordan, I finally found this past weekend the correct analogy for our show, which is that if I make 187 good points in a show, you will make 211, just like an NBA All-Star game. (laughs) Wow. You've been workshopping that one all week, huh? <laughs> yeah, my my nobody who lives here wants to hear any more from those ideas from me. So we're in a transition period in the sports world. Football's over, and our bread and butter, the NCAA tournament, not quite there yet. We're counting down. We're counting down. Counting it's down it's, it's and, and soon. Stay tuned for March because if you know Peter and I from Bracket Breakers, from Giant Killers back at ESPN, we'll have all that goodness coming for you all March. Upsets galore. Uh, tournament predictions will hopefully make you some money, help you with your brackets, that whole thing. But until then, we've got some stuff to talk about. A little later in the show, we're going to give you some early impressions on on MLB teams that could be poised for big underdog seasons at the start of spring training. Obviously, there's a lot to change. There's still big free agents who haven't signed yet. We're going to give you an initial look. I've got a couple bets worth making. But first, we're coming off the NBA All-Star break. It's a perfect time to take stock of teams that maybe you're are a little bit out of the mix right now that could be poised for a, a big second-half run to get in contention. Peter, the, the league is stratified right now. We've talked about the historically bad teams. So th- there's nothing they can do, the Blazers, the Spurs, the Wizards, the Pistons, the Hornets, etc. There's nothing they can do to get in the mix. And we already know, look, the Celtics are awesome. The Cavs are red hot. The Timberwolves and Thunder and Clippers are playing well. So we're looking... We don't have a huge sample size of teams to look at here for teams that could maybe change their fortunes in the second half, but I think we've identified a couple of good ones. There's a there's some mixing in the middle, right? There, I mean, especially because in the East, a couple of teams seem to be ready to or are in the middle of collapsing despite really, really good first halves. So there's some excitement there in the middle. Who you got? All right, well, I think we both gravitated toward the same first team. It's not a... It's not exciting. It's not an. It's not a uh, an off the radar pick, but it's it's valid. And it's the Golden State Warriors. They're twenty seven and twenty six. We know they've struggled, but here's the thing. First of all, various advanced metrics say they should have a better record to begin yes. with. For instance, NBA Stuffer says they should have a fifty five point three percent winning percentage, which would put them twelfth in the NBA instead of tenth in the Western Conference. So they're yes. underperforming. 
Second, they're hot. They've won eight of their last 10 games. This times with Draymond Green returning. Look, it's always a question of whether Draymond Green is going to be able to sustain good behavior. But one thing you can't deny, when he's locked in and focused, he's still an incredibly effective, important player. They're just a different team with him. They're plus 4.9 points per 100 possessions better on off with Draymond. Yes. yes. And then there's a couple other things to factor in. One, they have the sixth easiest remaining schedule, including the Spurs three times. Andrew Wiggins, who's been awful for most of the season, seems to be figuring it out a little bit, finished the, the first half with six straight double-figure scoring games. They seem to have found this Clay Thompson off the bench thing in the last yep. game. I, I don't buy that as like a panacea for his struggles, but it's an interesting move. And then with Jonathan Kaminga at the four, Draymond at the five, and Brandon Pajemski playing well, it's a different look. Plus, well, well, right, Jordan, Chris look, Paul comes back. I mean, what you're talking about is, is that the reason that they haven't looked as good as we thought does have something to do with luck, right? If you line up teams by their point differential adjusted for their schedule strength, and then you line them up by their standings, there's only a couple of teams that are noticeably out of whack, right? The Warriors are one. So we would expect them to do better just as the season gets longer because they've gotten, they, they, they've looked bad for some reasons that are injury related, behavior related, but also just random. On the other hand, the reasons why they're hot recently isn't just they happen to be putting together a good streak. It's because they found lineup combinations that are actually really, really working. Um, you, you kind of blew by Pajemski right there. But Jordan, the reason that it's working that Clay Thompson goes to the bench is because they've got Pajemski slotted in and he's playing so well that the lineups with Thompson coming off the bench are actually stronger than before. And the starting lineup is stronger than before. You know, I love to look at two and three and four man combos, right? And the plus minus of how adding players to a mix affects the guys who you start off with. Well, with Pajemski on the court, Curry's just playing better. Um, when when Curry, Peyton, and Pajemski are on the court together, the war, which is only about seven minutes a game, but in those seven minutes, the Warriors are taking seven three-pointers and hitting more than half of them. Curry is getting so many open looks with Pajemski on the court, and you can't deny that, at least in this burst we've seen recently, Pajemski's energy... I mean, there's a great athletic story, I think, by Anthony Slater, talking about how he has a mix of confidence and delusion... That is how strongly this guy believes in himself. You know, and he's out of Santa Clara, right? I mean, he was number one pick, but not a heralded pick. This guy comes in and Draymond Green himself has said, all Pajemski does is talk shit. That's all he does all day. He's come in, he's given them some energy and he's really opening up open because what he's doing is, right? He's playing with real aggressiveness on defense and he's not being reckless or careless with the ball or doing anything dumb on offense. So what he's doing is he's creating these open looks for Curry and it's really working. So I think the hot streak is sustainable and the bad luck will even out. And so, yes, um, the Warriors have one more run in them, I think here. Now I will tell you, they've they're even afloat right now because they've absolutely beat up on bad teams. Yeah. They're 16 and three against teams below 500, 11 and 23 against teams above 500. So they're going to have to prove that they still have what it takes to beat better teams. But again, yeah, but first they have to make the playoffs and to make the playoffs. They got to beat up on these bad teams, right? right Playing Minnesota right. or Denver is going to be a different question. You're absolutely right. Right. But, and do you want to face Steph in a playoff series? I don't. Well, that's that's the point. In, in Once they get into the playoff, the play in games or they make the playoffs or whatever, once they're not 10th or 11th in the West anymore and they're in there, then you don't talk about Pajemski anymore. You talk about right. Curry and a resurgent Draymond Green, right? So Warriors, not dead. 
anyone else you've got your eye on for a, a second half run from where they are right now? Uh, Jordan, you've you had your eye on Orlando um, early on, and they create so many turnovers early in the season um, that they're just they were a fun giant killer to watch. Mm -hmm. um, there are three reasons why I think they've got a, a big run left in them. One is um, Boncaro. I mean, if, if if you have taught us anything, Jordan, it's that we should be asking if your if if the best player on a team is X, can they win in the playoffs or can they win a championship? And superstars matter in this league more than anything else. Um, Boncaro's, he does everything. I mean, he is a classic case where the eye test meets the analytics, right? So if you mm -hmm. haven't seen him, go see him. He does everything. And if if that's the best player on your team, you can win an awful lot of games, number one. I never um, thought he'd be this kind of playmaker, by the way. He's averaging over five assists a game. I didn't see that even pretty, in the season at Duke, but it's it's really fun to watch his game round out. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Um Second is the defense has, has stuck. They're still fourth in the league in uh, points given up per 100 possessions and all up and down the roster. I mentioned to you Trevlin Queen and you, you laughed like, why wouldn't you mention him? Jordan, it's because even the guys playing three minutes or five minutes a game for this team are maniacal on defense. I mean, Jonathan Isaac is called the minister of defense. He only plays 14 minutes a game. Um, these guys are allowing under 40% shooting. And so it's part of the coaching. It's part of the roster. It's part of the, the, if you will, the culture. It's just their style of play. The defense is going to stick. It's it wasn't a, a a product of early season overconfidence or aggression. And then the third thing is, um, Orlando has the easiest schedule left of any mm -hmm. team in the NBA. Their opponents that they have left on the schedule have got, combined for a winning percentage of just four thirty five. That's that's the lowest in the league by a significant margin. So. I think they're going to at least make the play-in game. And, you know, in the East, as long as you don't end up playing the Celtics in the first round, um, you, you can be forgiven for thinking you got a really, you got a long season ahead of you. They're an interesting team. They still don't have a point guard. They've got a lot of guys playing there, but yeah, over the next year, that's the biggest spot they've got to upgrade. If they get a real playmaking point guard and maybe it's Anthony black in time, but he's not there yet. Um, watch out for this team. They've had some injury issues too, particularly Wendell Carter. So it'll be fun to watch them in the second half. Let's talk about a long shot title contender for a second. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, team kind of flying under the radar. It wouldn't be an NBA show if I didn't mention the new Orleans Pelicans. <laughs> okay. Right now you can get them at plus 6,500 to win the title, which is below a lot of teams worse than them. Here's the thing about the Pelicans. They're 33 and 22 right now. According to ESPN's relative power index, they should be 36 and 19. Most underlying metrics say they're about the sixth best team in the league, not the sixth best team in the Western Conference. They seem to be putting it together now. They've won seven of their last eight games, not against the best collection of teams, but wins are wins. Seventh and deep. They got a top 10 defense. They're 13th in offense, and it can be better. Um, they've got guys who could get it done scoring in a tight playoff series. CJ McCollum, Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram. We love our friend Herb Jones. Why not the Pelicans, Peter? Uh, I I like it. I like it as I like the value, Jordan, and I like the team. Um, there's the only answer I have is that there's a lot of teams out there in their way, and they already know that. You already know that, but but the the you know the value in making that bet is certainly there. Um, I continue to be intrigued by the front running Timberwolves. Because mm -hmm. one of the reasons, because they're the only team in the league 
that does not take any rest days at all. There is no load management. They are acutely aware of how they have to win now. And something else you always say is the most desperate team wins in a given situation. Um, I think the Timberwolves are are going to be. Wait, gassed. are you calling? Are you calling the Timber? Oh, you're saying to to upset them in the playoffs. Got it. Yes, I, I mean I think the the Timberwolves are going to have their you know pedal to the floor of the car from here until they happen to lose. And so so I I wonder about that. Um, One last thing on the Pelicans before we shift to baseball, Peter. This is this this I find this really interesting. I was on a. Uh, Ben Fox, excellent site, cleaning the glass, okay? And the, ter- the the Pelicans still need to figure out how to maximize Zion, Ingram, and CJ McCollum on the court together, okay? That's by far their most common lineup, and they've actually been outscored by 2.8 points per 100 possessions um, with that group together. If you sub in Dyson Daniels for McCollum, okay? Mm, their mm-hmm. next most common lineup, they're outscoring teams by 21 points per 100 possessions, Okay. <laughs> Or if you take the other, the normal starting lineup and replace Zion with uh, Trey Murphy, they're outscoring teams by 24.5 points per 100 possessions. So staggering, staggering those guys' minutes or just finding a better way for the three of them to play together, I think is the key to unlocking this team's upside. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting question where they can do that on the fly. Yeah. I, I want to I throw one more value bet at you. Jordan, right now the Dallas Mavericks are plus 3,000. There has been an absolute crazy stunning turnaround in their defense since the trade deadline. Now it's a very small sample size, but they've gone from 20 something in the league to fourth. PJ Washington has ignited the play of both Kyrie and Luca. Um, what do you do if you have Kyrie and Luca on your team? If you're smart, you go out and you get front court guys who can play outstanding defense. That's what they did. And so the turnaround and their defense is short-lived so far, but it's something to keep an eye on, I think. I mean, they did beat both the Wizards and the Thunder, Peter. I mean, not the Thunder, excuse me, the Wizards <laughs> and the Spurs. So uh, let's Jordan, hold you got to start, on... start somewhere. We're talking about playoff positioning. All right, let's hold off on anointing this as, you know, the next uh, bad boy Pistons defensively. But, oh, but, I mean, but in, the enough... meantime, in the meantime, you can go out and watch Uncle Drew, a, a great movie no matter what anyone says. Yeah, that's enough for the NBA for now. Let's let's talk. <laughs> I some... bring up Kyrie and that's enough, huh? Yeah, so let's talk some MLB underdogs right after this. Underdog, underdog. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Underdog, underdog. We're back, pitchers and catchers. Everybody's in spring training now. You're already hearing reports that so and so's in the best shape of his life, and so and so's fixed his swing, and yada yada yada. Everything's going to be rosy. So let's keep a rosy tint on our glasses, Peter. 
and look at some teams that are are long shots who might be able to win a division, win a league, win a World Series. We nailed this last year. We were on the Reds and the Diamondbacks uh, before they got good. So let's take a look at this now, and then we'll probably do this once again at the end of spring training when presumably guys like Blake Snell and Cody Bellinger and Jordan Montgomery have found a team and changed the balance of power. Presumably. Blake Presumably, Sn- you never Blake, know. Blake Snell might be pitching for Yamamoto's old team in Japan by the time uh, he, lay, he finds a home. Yeah, MLB needs to do something. Like, I don't know if the answer is saying, like, if you don't sign by February 1st, you're ineligible to pitch for the play for the first month. of the, I don't know. Like, but it just, they've turned the hot stove into this slow burn. It's just boring. But I, I digress. Peter, surveying the landscape of Major League Baseball, is there a particular long shot that really stands out to you? Jordan, the Padres won 82 games last year. Their over-under for this year is 81 and a half. The world sees this team as a 500 team. But if there's one thing I could make everybody understand is that every now and then, all the different kinds of bad luck you can talk about pile into one place at the same time. Last year, the Padres were 9 and 23 in one-run games. I mean, that, that, that's by far the worst record. It's actually hard to do. They mm-hmm. were 2 and 12 in extra innings. Remember that playoff game where the Yankees fans were all upset because they watched Matt Carpenter just whiff, right? right? Three straight fastballs. Matt Carpenter did, a, did that about 150 times last year for San mm. Diego. Their middle of the order guys were horrible in high leverage situations. In situations that Fangraphs calls high leverage, Jake Cronenworth hit 128 last year with no home runs. At the same time, their relievers just said to, they'd come into games, they'd say to the inherited runners, here, come on, score, score. They allowed 39% of inherited runners to score. That ranks them between the A's, the Athletics, who won 50 games, and the Rockies, who won 59 games. All of these things tend to snap back, okay? They tend to regress to the mean. They are not sustainable from year to year. The Padres, given given their underlying performance, should have scored about uh, should have won about 90 games last year. All right, you do know that they lost arguably the best hitter in baseball and last year's Cy Young Award winner, right? Yeah, well, why why do you think they didn't? They don't want to sign Snell? Because maybe his performance, they've concluded, isn't sustainable either Because since he led baseball in all of walks. Now, I've got nothing bad to say about Soto, um, but look, they're working from a platform of about 90 wins, not... 80 or 82 wins. That's, All right, but what that's, bet that's are we making? Saying. Are we just betting their over-under win total? Because I'm yeah, sure I think so, not because betting them to win the division. Well, they're plus, plus 1,200. They're plus 1,200 to win the division. The Dodgers yeah, If they beat out division, the Dodgers so. yeah, or the I, Diamondbacks, I, for that matter. I don't think we can say that, but they're a better team than people think. So what's their over-under? What, what are we betting? 81 and a half. All right, so we're uh, betting on the Padres to have a winning record? Yeah, and look, they've, okay. impor- they've imported some talent that are good enough, good enough defenders to be above replacement level, like Higashioka, um, they're going to play Jose Azoka more guys whose names you won't know, but who will not be these zeros like let's Austin see if Michael King, was for them last year. Let's see if Michael King has the breakout. I thought it was coming with the Yankees this year. Yes, that yes. that could be that could change the rotation. Peter, I'm aiming a little higher in terms of projecting, not, you know, I don't, I don't want to just bet on someone to have a winning record. OK, let's let's take a division winner. And you were on the Reds last year early before they even brought up Ellie De La Cruz. But this team is plus 340 to win the NL Central. That trails the Cardinals and their... I know they made some moves, but they just brought in a bunch of 35-year-old pitchers and the Cubs. So I, I don't see any reason why the why the Reds shouldn't be as as likely as they are to win that division. 
They have a terrific young lineup. We've covered it at length. Most of these guys didn't even you know, weren't with the team in the beginning of last year. So a full season of Ellie De La Cruz, of Marte, of of Will Benson, of Spencer Steer, of Matt McClain. Like that's fantastic. They added uh Heimer Candelario, who will help. And then the biggest thing is their pitching is going to be better. The, You've got the upside. The, young guys. the upside of the pitching yeah. staff is incredible, right? And it's it's not just Ashcraft and right. and uh, and who and Hunter Green. Right. So they got they got more and guys on the way. They got well, loader and, on the way, which right. is interesting to me. Yeah. And they got Nick Martinez. We talked about uh, a week ago. Was it as as an innings eater? They got Frankie Montas betting on his comeback. So I love the Reds. That's a great bet to win the division right now. I've already made it. And and join me. And together we will count our dollars. Well, I just want to point out the Cubs are not as good value. They're plus 185. Right. But they they won only 83 games last year. They should have won something like 90. They they suffered from bad luck. They also had some holes that are just so easy to fill because they were basically below replacement level at first base. I mean, they're playing Trey Mancini on his last legs, Eric Hosmer on his last legs, Jared Young. I mean, they were minus two war just from first base. Even if even if Michael Bush is 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 just an okay player, they plucked from the Dodgers farm system. Basically, um, is this team really better than the Reds? Like, why are they no? More but of I a think favorite start, to win the division. Well, I, I I think their median, their what we should expect their average performance to be is probably better than the Reds. Although the Reds have a skyrocketingly higher upside, right? If everything goes right for the Reds, they could blow the doors off everybody. But you're assuming. All of these young players are going to take a big step forward in this year. And I don't all think of them, they all have to. I just I mean, think what if, if Ellie Dela Cruz strikes out 200 times? You know, nobody's a bigger, a bigger fan than me, but for him and McLean and all the pitchers, I mean, the Red the Reds were pretty lucky last year. I mean, do I want to bet on a team that's going to lead off Mike Talkman? Do I want to bet on Michael Bush and Nick Madrigal and whoever else is, play? you know, I mean, like, there's plenty of questions for the Cubs too. Don't even get me started <laughs> think, on the Cardinals. I think I love the Nick Madrigal trade at the time, but I, I think it's time for us to give up. I, I thought he might be a fun contact hitter, but no. But let's let's agree on one thing about that yeah. division: the Cardinals overrated. Cardinal the Cardinal magic or management philosophy does not seem to be in 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 effect anymore. And there, the betting public loves always loves the Cardinals, and I don't think it's justified anymore. There's no should be no premium on St. Louis. All right, hit me with another uh, another long shot. Uh, other than the Cardinals, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, Jordan, I think you like this team even more than I do. Um, the Royals were dreadful last year, but they were very unlucky based on their underlying metrics. They should have won about sixty six games instead of fifty six games. Um, you know, they all have these 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 pitchers whose ERAs are all worse than their FIPS, like like even Granky, but also Brady Singer. Um, they also gave a lot of playing time to guys who should be very easy to replace. I don't mm -hmm. think we're going to see Jackie Bradley Jr. out there for another couple of hundred plate appearances. So, yep. I mean, just from inertia, they should bounce up to 67 wins. They've got more talent coming in. So they actually they don't have, have a good farm system. That's the one thing that, that, but yes, we just wrote about this in our athletic piece. Yes. And the value here with the Royals is they're plus 850 to win a weak division. So just betting on randomness alone there is interesting. And then, yes, you pointed out, first of all, two big rotation upgrades, Michael Waka, Seth Lugo. These aren't going to be game one World Series starters, but for what the Royals had there and who they have to beat to win the division, 
Those are big, big upgrades. Okay, Hunter Renfro in the outfield. Again, it's not like adding Juan Soto, but for this team, it's a big step up. And then you talk about their young players. MJ Melendez, who you've loved for a while. Bobby Witt Jr. just signed a big contract. Vinny Pasquantino. If these guys are healthy and continue along their trajectory, yes, you're with a, with a team that's plus 850, you're looking for someone with upside. And this team does have upside, right? Now, look. Yes. And, 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 and where it comes from is someplace interesting because not only have they committed to signing their good young talent like Bobby Witt, but they finally showing, uh, they're finally starting to show signs of understanding that if you can get rid of a guy who's, who's really, really bad. If you have someone who's a little better, you mentioned Vinny Pesquantino. Look, if Nick Prado didn't work, doesn't work out and it looks like he's not going to, then you, then you play Vinny. This is in contrast to bad, bad teams don't act this way. Bad teams keep playing the same guys. And not only that, signing players who are similar to the bad guys. Look at the Nationals. The Nationals' big signing is who? Nick Senzel, because he had 23 good games for Cincinnati at the end of the year yep. last year. Yep. Carter Keboom is still on their bench. They're going to play Joey Excuse Manessis. me, that's my favorite name. And kaboom! <laughs> yeah, I listen. I I mean, <laughs> what, what are they kaboom! doing? They brought in Joey Gallo. And 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 Jesse oh, Winker. Is it time for you to defend Joey Gallo like it's you were time doing for on me this to podcast? It's, it's for time two to years? not. To, it's not. Yeah, it's not time for me to not defend the Nationals for okay. replacing sub replacement level players with guys who have already failed elsewhere. The Royals have stopped doing that. So you know. Yep. Now look, Jordan. It's a long climb up from fifty six wins. They're over under a seventy three and a half wins. Yep. I'm not even sure I'd take that. But again, they're starting from a higher platform than you think. Just looking at what they did last year. Can I give you one more bet I like real quick at, at pretty good odds? Um, is, it, is it the Orioles to lose? <laughs> I wish. Uh, how about the Mariners to win the uh, the AL West at plus 300? Um, they trail the Astros and the World Series champion Rangers. But first of all, I think this team is built to succeed in the regular season because their starting rotation is so good and so young and so deep. Luis Castillo, Logan Gilbert, George Kirby, Bryce Miller, Brian Wu. And that's to say nothing of the chance that maybe they'll sign Blake Snell. But damn, that's a good five-man rotation. And then you add in the offensive moves they made. I like bringing in Jorge Polanco. We talked about the Mitch Garver move. You know, this is a terrible offensive team, but 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 that'll jumpstart them. Maybe Mitch Hanniger coming back helps him. I like Josh Rojas and like the nine hole. Um, again, at plus 300 to win the division, uh, there's a lot to like about the Mariners. Do you agree with me or are you like, nah, they, you know, they're not no, going to be better than the Rangers. What I shows. like about the Mariners is, again, these moves from the outside, in, in a world that where we talk about Yamamoto and Soto nonstop, and now in New York, all anyone's talking about is whether the Mets will re-sign Pete Alonso. Teams that make a lot of intelligent, smallish moves that can add up and are likely to pan out. Like mm -hmm. maybe Garver gives you 280 at-bats and that's it. But you know pretty much that he's going to be really excellent, right, in those at-bats. And the Mariners made a whole bunch of those kinds of moves. And, the, you know, Julio Rodriguez. So... Sure. And also, Jordan, that division. Can you mean, are we going to be sitting here in 2030 talking about Houston winning their 87th division in a row? No. So at some point, they, at some point, they're getting a little old. I, I think, you know, for, I like, let me put it this way I like almost everything the Mariners have done more than I like Houston re signing Jose Abreu for three years. Well, it'll be fun to watch over the next month. Who makes more additions? There's still a lot of guys unsigned. We'll we'll re we'll revisit this at the end of March. But for now, I think those are some fun long shot bets to make. If you're into futures, you can ride them out with us and and let's wrap on this episode.
I'm Jordan. That's Peter. We'll see you next week. This is an episode that had a kaboom and a woo. What more can you ask for? Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.